Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I have almost no voice. <laughs> it's so nice to be here anyway um, to talk to you today about mindfulness practices and the wonderful benefits we can get from these practices, the skills that we can build through these practices. And these skills that I'm talking about are the skills of emotional intelligence and ultimately the skills of stress management, which means ultimately the skill of thriving instead of just surviving. Remember, the... the uh, uh, stress response in your body means the survival mode of your body. It's that straightforward. There's nothing more complicated than that. Um, and if you are in a survival mode, then you simply cannot be in a thriving mode at the same time. You just your body can't do both, right? Uh, if you're, you know, devoting your body and your mind are devoting its energies towards survival and and towards you know just surviving whatever situation is currently happening, even if that's a situation, or especially if that's a situation of your thoughts as opposed to a mortal threat that's, you know, right in front of you like a tiger or something, um, then it simply cannot thrive at the same time. Your body uses and your mind also uses completely different, um, you know, skills and strengths and, and you know, and resources to, to thrive versus to survive. And so if you're doing one, you simply can't do the other at the same time. And so what we do here is we give you practices that you can develop and, and do every day um, to so that you can develop the skills that will enable you to, to not only become more emotionally intelligent, but with that emotional intelligence comes the ability to reduce your stress, okay? They are very much tied hand in hand. And, and you know, for that point, I mean, if you feel like you have a lot of emotional intelligence, but you're still feeling stressed out, then these practices are perfect for you as well. <laughs> so, um, so listen, first of all, I want to tell you, I'm very, very sorry that I missed all of you yesterday. I really missed doing this uh, podcast yesterday. I was sick as a I don't know what. <laughs> I was really, really sick. I know that the the term is always uh, I was sick as a dog, but I don't see that many sick dogs like this. And I felt really, really nasty yesterday. Um, I know a few weeks ago I, I bragged that I almost never get sick anymore because you know because of the uh, the absence of stress in my body. Um, but yeah, I guess I jinxed myself as soon as I said that. I, like I was thinking about it yesterday. Like probably the minute I said that or the second that those words came out of my mouth, you know, the, the bacteria in my son's body started to grow so that it would so soon transfer into my body, um, you know, after he came home from school with it. Uh, and yeah, he's been sick for like on and off for a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, he was real sick in bed for a couple of days and then he got better and then all of a sudden he was sick again and got an ear infection and it was just oh so poor guy you know and then my wife went down right after him and then you know and I thought okay I'm good <laughs> I'm not gonna get this I'm gonna be all right and sure enough boom few days ago, I just got like really sort of, you know, just all kinds of sick. But, but, you know, it's funny, I do still stand behind the fact that I don't get like the regular cold anymore. Uh, that's true. I, I only get, you know, when, when I get sick, it's, it's with some kind of like really harsh virus that really like knocks me down for, for a day or two. I never get just the, uh, just the sort of head cold that like, you know, you take a little NyQuil and you kind of move on with your day kind of thing. Um, and so, so anyway, you know, that, that's, that is what it is, but I, I did miss you yesterday. Um, and it pardon me for my nasally scratchy voice today, cause, uh, I'm still not a hundred percent, but you know, the show must go on as they say. Right. And, um, and so I'm, I'm glad to be back here today with you. And so 
So yesterday, yeah, I, I focused on self-care yesterday, you know, just kind of, you know, lying around. I, I watched a couple of documentaries on Netflix, and which I ha- almost never, ever do at this point in my life. You know, I really have almost zero screen time. That's not work screen time. And so, um, you know, but I wasn't going to like do work. I wasn't going to pursue anything. I wasn't going to read. I wasn't going to, I was just going to lay around and veg, you know, <laughs> and that's what I did. It felt really good. Um, and so while I was doing that, I was like f- uh, browsing along Facebook. Facebook at some point, and um, and a friend of mine posted something on uh, Facebook, and her her post was mostly about Martin Luther King because it was Martin Luther King Day yesterday, and and um, and she had a lot to say, but one phrase that that was in the post that she made, uh, this little video post that she made, was really kind of rang resonated with me. Um, she said, "We hurt the ones we love," and I, you know, I don't know what it is about that phrase, but I've heard it a million times. I'm sure you have too. Um, you know, maybe your international folks out there, uh, the people out outside the U.S., you know, maybe you're not as familiar with it, um, but it's a really common phrase around these parts, and, um, and it's, it's really, um, it's really poignant in a way, because, um, you know, number one, it's, it's, you know, there's a reason why it's so cliche, right, and that's usually because there's some truth to it, right, and so I would venture to guess that every single one of you listening right now has, has felt this on some level, right, either as the receiver or the giver of this, uh, this pain that we cause the ones that we love, and, um, and so there's, there's lots of different reasons why we might cause this pain to the people we love, I mean, the theories are, are, you know the prevailing theories anyway are the fact that you know the the ones that we love are going to accept us anyway you know they're going to let us get away with it on some level right uh, you know up to a certain point i guess um and so so that's i guess one of the reasons why we kind of do it why we feel like we can do it um but 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 let's talk about where it comes from like the root of this this whole idea of of we hurt the ones we love like you know and and to me it it seems like it comes from a place of you know like we kind of, you know, we, we pent up these emotions, right? So that we, we hold things inside and let them sort of, you know, fester in a way and, and just sort of build up inside of us, you know, until, you know, we get to a place where we feel like we're safe, even on a subconscious level. Because I don't think most people, um, you know, like opening the door after they get home from work are like, all right, now I'm going to let my, my husband, my wife, my partner, I'm going to let them have it right now, you know, because, because I've had this long day and it's time for them to feel my pain. I don't think anybody, or and not that many people anyway, consciously, you know, think through it on that level. But I think subconsciously, that's exactly what happens. I think it's that, you know, we kind of get to a place where we know now it's safe to express ourselves in ways that we didn't feel like we could express ourselves earlier in the day, right? Whether it's at work or, or whatever we were doing, right? Traveling for the day or whatever it was, right? And so, and so that's where, you know, bringing it back to the idea of mindfulness practices, you know, um, as we practice mindfulness, as I told you a few minutes ago, you know, one of the things that comes from mindfulness practices is emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence is all about um, its self-awareness, its self, uh, self-regulation, its uh, empathy, its motivation, and the, and the sum of all those becomes social skills, right? And so th- those are the sort of the five uh, domains of the key domains of, of emotional intelligence, as, uh, as Daniel Goleman has told us, who's Daniel Goleman is the person who wrote the book called Emotional Intelligence, you know? And so, and so mindfulness, this really allows us to to uh to, to, you know, it practices almost all of those things. I mean, not so much social uh, skills, although they are a byproduct of mindfulness too. But, but if you look at, you know, certainly self-awareness is that's a, a really big 
big you know a key uh tenant to uh to mindfulness and and so and self regulation is also you know because as we become aware we become more in control of it you know and then of course empathy is huge in in mindfulness right that's a huge part of what we do when we practice mindfulness you know or or a huge uh, result of what we get from uh practicing mindfulness um and then and then motivation also right like like understanding what motivates us and understanding um and aligning ourselves with that motivation you know that's also very much a part of what comes to us from the practices of mindfulness right and so and so when I think of it in these terms, you know, um, I think that like so much of that has to do with why we might get into this position where we feel like we have no other recourse than to, you know, sort of like, um, you know, verbally sort of, um, I hesitate to use the word abuse, but, but I guess on some level it is abuse of some, some kind, but, but really like, like that, that we, we get to the point where we feel like it's okay to, you know, to hurt those that we love. I mean, that's really what it is, right? The hurt. And, and so, and and of course we hurt them mostly with our words, right? Or, or our lack of words or our, you know, sort of our behavior, um, or or lack of behavior, I guess, you know, lack of affection is what I'm kind of, uh, you know, alluding to there. Um, and so, so when I think about that, you know, I think about the fact that, you know, uh, mindfulness practices, you know, if, if you, if you do these practices every day, the way that we talk about them here, right, the, you know, between a few minutes or, or, you know, anywhere from two to 20 minutes a day of doing, um, uh, formal meditation, right. Just sitting there and just sort of inquiring in your body, right. Just, just sort of, um, you know, just, uh, being, uh, just allowing yourself to be present with your body and not doing anything, just, just simply sitting there and allowing yourself to sense into your body, right? When we do that for anywhere from two to 20 minutes a day, and then we, um, and then we, we do the other practices that I talk about, the informal practices, right? Which means to, you know, when we're doing laundry or doing dishes or cooking our meals or, or walking to the printer at work or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing during the day, virtually any single, you know, activity that we have, we can do while paying attention on purpose in the present moment without judgment. And that's what mindfulness is, right? And so, and so when we do that over and over and over again, we, we make a, a, a habit-forming practice out of that, right? Then, then what happens is we, we become more able to, you know, not only are we more able to sort of control and, and or see, see when we're about to, um, about to, you know, say something to a loved one that's going to be hurtful and therefore, you know, uh, not only see it, but then, then control it, right? Because we can see it before it happens, you know, in a, in a kind of way that's hard to explain, but which you probably are, are somewhat, um, feeling at this point if you've been doing these practices, but, um, but more importantly, Importantly, we can add, we can apply this level of mindfulness, this level of, of you know, or, or I should say this level of emotional intelligence, right? The, the level of, you know, self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, and, and motivation, as well as social skills. You know, we can apply that throughout the day so that we don't get into this place of, of feeling like we're, we have to blow up at someone, right? That we have to somehow, you know, 
you know, kind of hurt someone to make ourselves feel better, you know, because ultimately that's always why people hurt each other, right? It's, it's because for somehow they feel that hurting this other person is going to somehow make them suffer less. That, that's just how it goes, folks. And I know it doesn't, I know it seems like, well, I would never do that. And of course you wouldn't, you know, but, but you do, you know, and that's the thing. It's all done on a very subconscious level. And that's anytime anybody has ever hurt you and anytime you have ever hurt someone else. The, the idea is that you're trying to relieve your suffering, right? And so, and so, so when you're, when you're at work or, or during the day, whatever it is that, that's building up this emotional turmoil that is going to make you, you know, do this to someone, you know, at home, you know, during the day you can sort of, um, you know, again, be, be more aware of this, you know, of this sort of, um, you know, buildup of emotions. But more importantly, you know, you can also see that, that those people who are going to create that buildup of emotional um, turmoil within you, right, you can see that they are only acting from a place of, you know, of pain and suffering on their own, right? And once you can see that, you know, then you can, you know, you, it's become so much easier to just let it go and just, just say, okay, this is, you know, this is not mine to, to carry. This is this person's hang up. It's okay. I can just let it go and I can, and I can work around it. And, and, uh, you know, and in addition to that, you can create your, your own, um, sort of assertiveness as opposed to your anger, right? Like, like a lot of times when, when we would stop ourselves from saying something at work to someone, um, you know, because we feel that it would, it would somehow damage our standing in the, in the company or, or somehow, you know, uh, damage our career in some way. You know, the reason why we're not saying it is because it, we feel it's angry, right? And, and when we can, you know, and, and of course, you know, there's very, it's very hard to, to be angry and be in control at the same time, right? Like that's not really something that happens, right? Uh, anger is, is like literally kind of the loss of control of your emotions. And so, so what, what the opposite of that is, or I guess maybe not the opposite of anger, but, but another way to process anger is, is instead of anger, call it, you know, think of it as assertiveness, right? So, so, um, you know, there are, are ways that you can, you know, process situations with people that in, with whom you have to deal all day, and and you can do that with an assertiveness, which means that you're you're not emotionally out of control. You know, you're feeling the same thing at the end of the day, and the, and the results can be exactly the same as the anger. But but to be assertive means to be in control of it, and and it means to sort of act from a place that is not this sort of emotional, um, you know, haywire place. It's it's a it's a, a place of of like I say, control. And and when we can act from that place of control, not only can we get more things done in our in our lives and become more successful in our business lives, you know, but 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 we'll also stay away from that emotional sort of um, angst and, and the emotional st- and the stress that that causes, right? Um, because again, you know, emotional intelligence and emotions in general are, are so closely tied to stress, and and so and so the more we can sort of manage our emotions and, and you know be you know be competent with with our emotions the less stress we're going to have you know because a lot of stress you know i mean i i know i talk about this a lot that uh stress is all about the feeling 
feeling of, of fear of, of a threat to our well-being, right? But and, and a lot of times, of course, that, that seems like, okay, you know, I would think about that fear and I would know that it's going on, but that's not really how it works, right? Um, in fact, most of the stress that's caused in your body is caused by, you know, a more um, subconscious fear, right? Or sub-perceptual fear, right? Like, like things that are happening in the background of your mind that you don't even realize are, are going on. And, and that's what's going to cause the stress response in your body. And again, that's going to optimize you for, for survival, in which case you're, you're never going to be really happy and you're never going to be comfortable, right? Because survival is not supposed to be any of those things, right? Um, survival is not supposed to feel good, right? It's supposed to just survive, right? And so, um, and so yeah, so, so the idea is that when we do these practices, you know, day after day after day and create habits from them, the, the practices of focused uh, attention, the practices of open awareness, and the practices of connection and kindness and, and you know, compassion, right? When we can do all these practices daily and, and get to the point where it's a habit, right, then, then we can, you know, we will find ourselves automatically be, you know, kind of handling the situations throughout the day, you know, in ways that don't create this emotional buildup for us and don't create a, a circumstance or, or, or a sort of environment or a, or a status in which we get home and we need to like, you know, lash out at the people that we love because we feel such pain within ourselves and such uh, suffering within ourselves. Right. So, so it's really it really comes down to that. You know, again, it's all about practice. And the more we can practice and the more, you know, you can commit and intend to do these practices every single day, the more you're going to find these skills coming to you and, and the more ability you're going to feel to control these kind of situations of, of, you know, emotional turmoil. Right. And when you can do that again, not only are you going to reduce the stress in your body, not only are you going to, you know, alleviate the, the pain and suffering that you cause to other people, you know, through your own actions when you get home and you're all, you know, angry and, and pent up or, or depressed or shameful or whatever it is, it doesn't necessarily have to be anger. But but not only are, are those things going to happen, but also you're going to be able to, you know, take control over those communications during the day and, and communicate with, you know, like I said, assertiveness as opposed to anger. So so you won't feel like you have to hold the anger back, but you'll you'll feel as though you can assert yourself and therefore get the things that you want because most of the time the things that you want are very available to you. The only thing holding you back is is to be being able to ask for them properly or or you know or sort of uh you know just kind of command them properly, right? So anyway, I hope you found this helpful today. Uh, again, I apologize for my scratchy uh nasally voice here. <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable. Um but yeah, I just wanted to share those thoughts with you today. Um, tomorrow we got practice Wednesday coming up, and then I have a couple of good topics coming up for later in the week. And um, and I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed this today. So if you if you have any questions, uh, please don't hesitate to give me a call, all right? Or shoot me an email, uh, art at artburnscoaching.com. Go on my website if you want to organize a, a, a free, completely no obligation call that takes 15, 20 minutes. Um, go ahead and go onto my website, artburnscoaching.com. Right on the front page there, there's a a button that says free phone consultation. Just hit that and uh, you'll go into my calendar program, pick a day and a time that works for you, fill out a couple of simple questions and uh, we'll be set. And I will call you at that time, uh, either on the phone or, you know, and this is one thing that you would answer on the uh, on the, the form there, is either on the phone where you put your phone number in or say that you want to do a Zoom meeting and we can do that face to face. And that that's often a lot cheaper for people, especially people outside the U.S., um, 
Um, so, so yeah, I would love to hear from you though, really. So, so if you, if you're interested in any of this or have questions or comments of any kind, or you want to talk about anything at all, I really, uh, recommend you, you get in touch with me that way. All right, everybody, I'll be back again tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening. And I, I wish you well. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey folks, it's me again. I just uh, I was just uh, saving this episode, and I realized that I missed something that I you know I didn't occur to me before. But um, you know, mindfulness can also help when when we're on the receiving end of this um, of this hurting the ones we love, right? So so if you're if your you know spouse, partner, friend, whatever um, you know comes at you in an unexpected way at the end of the day, you know, um, a lot of times you know we we don't know where that comes from. And a lot of times we wind up um, reacting in a certain way that's equally as unhelpful. Now, I'm not saying that you should, you know, like obviously it's not okay that, that people do this to you if it's happening. But but when, when we practice mindfulness, what we're able to do is we're able to, you know, not only see the other person's motivation, which again is part of emotional intelligence, right? We, we can see their motivation, but we can also uh, allow ourselves to let it go, right? And, and certainly to at least let it go in the, in the moment when the, the emotions are running really high and, and, you know, and whatever we say could be, you know, could be sort of the match to the tinderbox, you know, that could blow things up, you know, we can sort of let it go at least to, a, uh, to an extent that we can let things die down and then have a, a you know, sort of intelligent and heart-to-heart conversation about it afterward. Um, you know, this reminds me of a, of a story that Tara Brock tells, um, a lot. And, um, so, so she talks about, I'm going to paraphrase obviously, but, uh, but she talks about, you know, like say you're, you're walking through the woods and, and you see a, a, a dog tied to a, um, not tied to, but you see a dog like standing next to a tree, right? And, uh, and the dog's snarling at you and it's really scary. And, and you, you, you immediately, you think that this dog is being, you know, aggressive and, and, and angry and, and sort of vicious towards you. Right. But, but then if you, if, you know, imagine that you look and you see that the dog's foot is actually caught in a, uh, in a trap. Right. And now you realize that, you know, that all of this aggression and this meanness that is coming from the dog is coming from a place of, of pain and fear and suffering, right? And, and, and how does that change then how you view this dog, how, how you, you feel towards the dog, right? now, And how does it make you feel in terms of, you know, your own like victimhood, uh, you know, vis-a-vis this dog, right? And I think that's a really good point about this topic that we're talking about, right? So let me put it into these, uh, you know, more, uh, more, you know, tie it back to what we're talking about. Let's say, you know, your, your, your spouse or your, your partner comes home one night and, um, you know, you say something as simple as like, Hey, you know, what do you want for dinner tonight? You know? And your spouse says, you know, well, what do you mean? Dinner's not ready yet. Or, you know, some kind of like mean thing that happens. Right. And, and, you know, if you're practicing mindfulness and if you're in a place where you've developed this sense of self-awareness and, and again, self-regulation and, and empathy, um, you, you can see that, that your husband or your wife or your partner, uh, you know, their, their leg is caught in that trap at that moment. Right. And, 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 and you can see that you know they're reacting to you in this way because they are suffering right and just like you know Tara's person walking through the woods and seeing the dog you know you can then change the entire you know angle by which you view or the perspective i should say from which you view the this person in your life right this person who obviously i mean if it's a spouse or a partner you know someone you love on some level right and um and so so if you're you know 
you would be able to then like look at the the love that you have for this person as opposed to this like oh yeah he's gonna say that to me well boom here I go and I'm gonna say something back to him or her right um you know and 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 when we can apply that level of empathy right like that which again is one of the very key uh aspects of of emotional intelligence when we can and, and something that we build through mindfulness practices when when we when we can apply that empathy, we can then see that that without much effort too it, it really becomes pretty automatic that we will see that that this person in our life is reacting in this way because something is hurting them right and and when we can do that, we can then you know it changes everything with how we are going to react to whatever they just said to us. It changes everything literally the entire foundation just crumbles and and no longer do we feel anger or resentment or or you know or even a threatened feeling you know then we can just you know maybe you know offer them a hug instead of of you know a fist you know and um and so and again, I'm not saying that you should just allow people to abuse you. I mean, that's not okay, right? But, but, you know, but, but you can understand by, un- I'm sorry, but in understanding that, that their, their, you know, abusive actions are coming from this place of fear and, and pain and suffering on whatever level, you know, maybe it's shame, maybe it's whatever it is, but it's something that's causing them to, sh- to suffer. You know, if you can embrace it, that's where it's coming from. Then you can take actions that again, you know, maybe just for the moment you kind of say, okay, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't have anything ready. Let's figure it out and kind of let it die down for now. And then tomorrow or the next day where the person doesn't go back to work and, and continue the suffering, you can sit down with them and say, hey, we have to figure this out because, you know, it's not okay for you to yell at me like that. And, you know, I'm just here trying to help. And, and you know, you know what I'm saying, um, or at least I hope you know what I'm saying. You know, uh, it gives you the opportunity when, when you can hold it in this mindfulness and, and this, this non-judging awareness, you can, you know, you can take the opportunity to, to then deal with the real cause of the problem rather than the symptom, which is the person snapping at you, right? Because again, so often person snaps at us, we snap back, they snap back at us and, and you just go back and forth and it just, you know, nothing really gets solved. All that happens is more suffering at that point. All right, so I hope that made sense. I just wanted to add this little uh, bit in there because as I was, you know, typing up the description of this uh, this episode, I realized that, wait a second, what about the receiving end of this, you know? Uh, and that's how we can apply mindfulness to the receiving end of this, uh, this you know, sort of weird behavior of our humans uh, that, that we get into sometimes. So anyway, thanks for listening. I hope this was helpful. Once again, reach out to me if you have any questions or you have any comments, you want to talk about this or anything else. All right, everybody, have a great night. I'll talk to you soon.